All right, what's up, guys? I'm Dave Villa. Hey, man, hope you guys had a happy new year and uh, looking forward to a great, great 2017 of Game Changer SalesCast. And um, we've got a great guest today. Colleen Francis is going to join us. But before she does, we're going to be talking today. We're going to be talking today what makes salespeople that are great, great. And um, hey, listen, if you're watching this, I think that's the first step, right? Doing something, putting uh, yourself out there, training. By the way, training doesn't just occur when you watch videos. I think that, you know, when you, when you look at salespeople, I've trained salespeople for a long time. I don't think salespeople have ever had an issue with reading books or, you know, uh, watching videos. We all follow somebody. You're watching this show. I think that training, real sales training comes when you're on the floor, when you're in the middle of doing what you do, but you're, you're committed to getting better. Training starts with the commitment to get better. Good morning, Killen Anderson, man. Thank you for watching. Listen, um, I, I'm looking forward to a great show today. As always, I'd welcome your comments on Facebook, on Twitter, using the hashtag Game Changer. And also, you could call in and we'll try to get you on the air. The number is 813-574-1820. We're talking today about what makes great salespeople great, what makes them different, what makes them stand out. And let's, we're looking at how training can do this, but also redefining training. Training is not simply looking at a video or simply reading a book because look, that's just where it begins. Now listen, here's the deal. You, you, David, well, 90% of salespeople have never read a sales book. True. Okay, so we're already looking at excluding 90% because they don't read. If they don't read a book, they're not watching videos. They're not only in training platform. So you're excluding 90% right there. So 10% sounds like it's pretty good. But what about what about being the best of the 10%? The best of the 10% not only watch videos and read books, but they also want to get better. Well, isn't that what books and videos and training do? No, that's what they be, that's that's just the beginning of it. How a salesperson gets better is they adjust. And, and, and before they can adjust, they, they try and they learn, they listen, they, they evaluate. And you have to listen. If you've never listened to yourself, I'm going to tell you one of the best forms of training out there. Record yourself. I, I, you, want, you want to know, when I started speaking publicly, I, I recorded myself and I watched it back. And let me tell you something. Some of, the, some of the most disgusting videos I've ever watched were the videos of myself speaking when I first started speaking and watching it back. Lou, I wanted to throw up, man. I mean, it was horrible. It was like, it was, it was literally torturous. And I'm like, I can't believe that I actually stood up in front of people and did this and they didn't get up and walk out. Well, here's the deal. That's how I learned. So if you're not listening to yourself, if you're not monitoring yourself, then how can you make adjustments? And then how can you really train? Because true training happens as when you're on the field playing the game, because you get knocked down and then the true training is put into test. If you get back up again, brush the dust off and get back in the huddle, right? Listen, if you go run into the bench, then you're not, you're not interested in getting better. But when you get up and you brush the dust off, then you're interested in really finding out, Hey, what did I say on that call that worked yesterday? Let me give you an example. Yesterday I had a great day, right? Made three or four phone calls, Dave. Hey man, you know, I had three or four prospects that look like they're all going to close. Well, did you ask yourself at the end of the day, did you get to the end of the day and go, man, it was a great day. I feel really good. Let me pat myself on the back. What an awesome, awesome performance. I feel great. Is that where you stopped? Did you stop with acknowledging it? Acknowledgement is important, but what's more important than acknowledging it is finding out what you did that worked. Did you go home and go, okay, now I want to get better. I want to use this as a training tool and a training moment. So I'm going to find out what I did that caused me to, to, to be good yesterday. Let me, let me flip it. 
maybe you sucked yesterday. Maybe you got hung up on every time. Maybe every customer you met with, every customer that you that you walked with, every customer that you met with, maybe every one of them hung up on you or told you no or rejected you. Did you go home and go, okay, today sucked. I need to forget about it. You know, I, I need to drown out the way I feel. I, I, I My God, I can't stand rejection. So I just got to wake up tomorrow morning. Listen, having a short memory is just part of it. You got to get up and you got to do it again because that's what good salespeople do. But before they do that, they analyze it and figure out what they did wrong or what they didn't do right. So they don't repeat it. Are you hearing me? If you want to be great, if you want to win, then you got to figure out what you do well and what you don't do well so that you can not repeat it or repeat it so that you can figure out not what you said, but why it worked. I mean, come on, that'll preach, man. Huh? That'll preach. <laughs> All right, hey, we'll be right back in just a minute. We'll be bringing Colleen Francis on. She's a sales superstar, and you don't want to miss her. She'll be on in just a minute. We'll be right back. I've been using Serial Sales Pro for a little more than two years now. I highly recommend it to anybody who's either just getting in sales. Uh, I don't care if you've been in sales five years, 10 years, 20 years. doesn't matter who you are, where you are. The shorter videos allows me to keep my concentration and also gives me more of a chance to actually apply that knowledge. I've learned how to close deals better and uh, be more effective in my communication with these customers. You know, I think what Serial Sales Pro does for me, it just keeps me sharp, keeps my head sharp. My income has literally tripled in the last three years. This year, I'm already slated to make about 50 grand more than I made last year. I've doubled my income from what I made last year. It's definitely increased my income, uh, and a lot of that came from what I learned right from Serial Sales Pro. It's really turned my whole sales career around. It keeps me ready to, to get to the next level. So if you're not plugged in to it, get involved right away. All right, we're back, and uh, this is Game Changer Salescast. I'm Dave Villa, and uh, thank you guys for being with me. Hey, so, hey, man, I want to give a shout-out to Carly Limbo for watching, Christopher Ward, Joey Book, what's up, Deanna Edson. Thank you guys for watching. Make sure you share it. And uh, listen, if you're you're in for a phenomenal guest this morning, we have the founder and president of Engage Selling Solutions. She's the best-selling author of popular sales books, including the recent Nonstop Sales Boom. She's a certified sales professional and an inductee into the Speaking Hall of Fame. Listen, I am privileged to have Colleen Francis on the show today. Colleen, thanks for joining me on Game Changer Salescast. How are you this Monday morning? Hey, I am doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure for sure. And um, Happy New Year. And I want to ask you, um, I'm going to kind of yeah. jump right into it. We only have a few minutes together. And um, I know you've been in sales for a while and you've seen the best, I'm sure, and the worst. Um, and I want to kind of pick your brain as I do every week with our guest on some of the uh, some of the reasons why the great are great, some of the reasons why some succeed and some fail. Um, one of the things that I've said um, over the years, Colleen, um, and, and just in my experience is that really talent doesn't matter. Potential won't cut it. That we have to you know, get up and we have to get in the game every single day uh, because the, the graveyard's full of talented people and full of people who never had their potential unlocked. So I want to ask you, um, a couple of uh, questions here. When you're looking at sales performers, you know, some say that they have to be a learner. They have to be somebody who is constantly learning. Others say they have to be unstoppable. They have to be fanatical and persistent. And then some would go and say that they have to be disciplined. And I know that all three of those are important, but if you had to, if you had to look at one of the top reasons that sales pros are professional, what would you think that would be? Well, I think it's a great question. So I think 
um, the word resilience is the critical word. Mm. So you said persistent, but there are a lot of really bad salespeople who are persistent. But what good salespeople are, are resilient, meaning they will persist until they can persist no longer, and then they brush themselves off and say, you know what, time to move on to something else. They're also resilient in that they understand where their strengths and weaknesses are. They know how to leverage their strengths, but they also know that if they've got a weakness, they have to get that developed. So building on what you um, were talking about right before the break, it's not just about that training and reading books and doing things on your own. It's also about coaching. So what I find fascinating about top performers, this resiliency um, is also relying heavily on their managers or their coaches to help them um, stay focused, to stay disciplined, and to build on their strengths, but also correct those weaknesses. So it's funny you mentioned uh, resilience because I was actually in my sales meeting this morning. I went over uh, I went over some things that make salespeople great and was kind of touching on this. It's been in my heart for the last few days. And resiliency is one of the things that I brought up. And I want to try to get the definition um, popped up behind me here in just a minute. But um, resiliency, I think, is something that salespeople don't really realize, Colleen, that um, is important because, you know, we talk about persistence and we talk about uh you know how persistence and resiliency kind of complement one another we're having a little uh slide Mm -hmm. difficulty here behind me i just threw this on my producers at the last (laughs) minute to throw this definition up there but um (laughs) but you know uh, resiliency when if i remember the definition correctly it's really i thought of a snake it's it's the ability to bounce back it's the ability to to spring and here it is the ability to recover quickly from difficulties or toughness the ability to spring back into shape and um, I, I, when, I, when I read that definition this morning, I kind of thought of a snake. You know how a snake would just kind of coils up, but then can spring back forward. And so in this, in this career that we've chosen, right, sales, there's rejection. There's, there's you know, there's, there's, you hear no over and over. You're constantly getting the door shut in your face. And so you're mentioning resilience. Resiliency is a, is a must. That's the ability to recover quickly. Yeah. So I think that that if it's also though yes I mean absolutely right and we often think of resiliency that way we also need to look at it on the other side though because I see far too many sales um, professionals getting complacent you make a big sale this month right Mm -hmm. so let's say your target's uh, you know a million two for the year you make a hundred thousand dollar sale or maybe you make a two hundred thousand dollar sale right now in January and you think yes. I'm ahead, and so we take our foot off the gas. Right. And then, of course, what happens? Murphy's Law kicks in, right? We do no work February and March, and now we're behind. <laughs> so resilience is not just about being able to bounce back, right. um, which is critically important. It's also about remembering that um, you have to keep moving forward even if you're being successful. So That's good. There's a great quote that I would love to find out who said this. It was a great football quarterback, and someone asked him once, what is um, the hallmark of a Super Bowl winning um, a quarterback? And he said, a short memory. Mm. <laughs> I thought it was really great because his point was, is I am never as good as my last great game and I am never as bad as my last horrible game. I have to forget it and be focused on the exact moment that I'm in right now and work from there. You know, it's funny. I, I want to I stay on that for, for just a minute here then because I think that's extremely important what you just said and, and this morning and and be honest with you, you know when you're doing a meeting sometimes and one of the the quotes you know that you're going to put down on the image comes out of your mouth for the first time i stopped one of my guys and i'm like hey write that down and and so 
Um, this morning, I, I said something that I've never said before when I was talking about this, and, I, and it goes right along with what you just said, Colleen. And it's so important because it's not only, we think a lot, and I went there immediately with rejection or the word no and, and being resilient to bounce back. But how about when we are having a good month or we have a good week? Because remember, we're talking about amateurs to professionals. We're talking about good to great. We're talking about how to get better. And a lot of salespeople are comfortable or they're, they, they might be experiencing success and their bills are paid and, you know, and, and they're making a decent income, but they're comfortable. And so something I said this morning, you know, when I was talking about another attribute of, of strong salespeople that doesn't come naturally for me is discipline. It doesn't come naturally for me, but this is what yeah. kind of came out of my mouth and see if, see if this makes sense to you today what I'm good at some people would look at me and go wow you're so disciplined no I have habits that I've created those are habits but and those things are not they're not difficult for me anymore they're habits and what used to be a discipline is now a habit because I've done it so much that it's second nature but it no longer challenges me does that make sense it no longer challenges me I do it well but if I want to get to the next level there's going to be some challenging things that I have to overcome which is going to require discipline until they become habitual. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I thought Absolutely. it was pretty profound. I was like, wow. I and I think that you can't do that on your own. Um, wow, that's good. You know, nobody gets better on their own. And what I find fascinating about top salespeople mm-hmm. is that they don't think they know it all. Yep. Nor do they think that they can solve all their problems on their own. And so what they do is they go to others, whether it's other top performers or coaches, but the very best um, sales performers know how to use their coaches to fix those problems and to leverage their strengths. One of the things that I work on with top salespeople all the time is um, this idea that it doesn't matter that you know you're good. We know we're good, right? You're a top sales guy. You're making the money. You're doing well. It doesn't matter that you know that. It matters that you know why you're good. That's good. Because when you know why you're good, you can leverage that and replicate it. Because too many of us operate in this sort of unconscious state, right, (laughs) where we just do what we do. But if you actually can make conscious all the steps of the things that you're doing, the process that you use, um, the methodology to win this business and to succeed, then you can replicate it. Awesome. Let me ask you this, uh, Colleen, are you okay if we take a caller? We have a caller that called in, I guess, has a question. Yeah, absolutely. All right, perfect. Um, I believe Chris Ward from com is on the line. Chris, are you there? Chris? Can you guys hear me? We can hear you, Chris. How are you today? All right, fantastic. Yeah, I'm doing good, David, Colleen. I'm glad you guys got a chance to start the year the right way. But, no, Colleen's right on. I mean, it comes down to being, one, a student of the game, just like how athletes have to be in their sports. But at the same time, do yourself a favor. Once you figure out the right way to have a methodology or you figure out what works, you know, recognize how many car deals it takes to really have a successful year, not just a successful quarter or a month or even just a successful week. Because some of those guys check out in the first week if, let's say, you roll across three deals in a day. You start your year off with a hat trick and you really think you did something. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's really the guys who are students of the game that are the ones that have 20-year careers where doing that big car deal that makes the front end gross, the back end gross, and has a good review at the end seems like it's no big deal. 
So, I mean, I, I feel like at this point, you know, people who can just be aware and acknowledge, you know, what are the moving parts in a deal and how are you putting all that together on every single deal throughout those 365, you know, days in a year? Right. So, I mean, I think, you know, you guys are, are dead on. And same thing with you, you know, David, you have this show. You can break down every single little moving part in what the business is, not even just the car deal part. Mm-hmm. So, for salesmen, it's definitely the, the start to do that within your car deal. For managers, it's the same to do that with your sales team and your sales for and for, for F&I. You know, know what products are working. Look for new products that are effective. And then when you have products that are effective, know why they're effective. That way, when you're pushing it all year long, not only do you feel good about it, but the customers do too. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you calling in. Colleen, let me ask you then. No, thank you, Chris. And so, Colleen, you heard him. Obviously, uh, some of our audience is in the automotive business, and, and Chris is is uh, with a dealership, um, evidently. And so, any in any industry, you heard him. He said a hat trick, or they start the, the week off strong or the year off strong. Let me ask you, Colleen, why do you think yeah. somebody stops? You know, what, what, what is, and I know that you don't have the, you know, here's the thing. You've written tons of books, and we, we get some of these things, but the truth is, it's always going to be the case where the majority doesn't. That's why there's a need for you, a need for training, obviously, because there's always going to be somebody that needs to get better. Yeah. But what's the, what is the real reason that people shut down like that? So there's a couple of reasons. Um, <clears throat> you know, nobody gets better on their own. I truly believe that that, that is almost a, a complete fundamental failing of, of the human mind. Mm-hmm. So what happens is there's very, very few people who have the resilience to do this on their own. So if a sales rep starts the year off strong, they make those three sales, and their manager does nothing but say, hey, congratulations on the hat trick, go do it again, and they're not going through ongoing coaching and development. They're not reviewing the pipeline and saying, hey, you know, that's great, let's talk about what you're doing to generate leads for next month, or let's talk about how to get referrals from those three sales so you can make three more sales. Um, people forget about that. They just bask in the glory of those three great sales that they made. So then it's so, so then you're, we you're find that those top performers. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You said the top performers. What? I was going to say. So we find that those top performers, partly they're top performers because their managers insist on ongoing regular coaching, where they're looking at the dashboard. And I mean, the age-old expression is, "Hey, great month. What are you doing for me this month?" Right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, <laughs> of course. In, in all seriousness, they're looking at those dashboards and making sure that they're setting the stages for success every single month. And they know their activity levels. They know their opportunity creation levels. They know their close rates right. so that they can um, work through the entire year. Let me ask you this, Colleen. So, okay, and, and so you're you're saying then how important is it then, because what you're talking about then is, is really a management issue. And I think it comes down to the fundamentals. Let me ask you uh, something that, that, that uh, you know, I've explored for a long time in, in industries where salespeople are promoted maybe beyond their capabilities of management, um, where they're good, maybe, a, the, uh, you know, a, uh, the Peter principle, where they're, they're promoted beyond their capabilities. They're a great salesperson, a less effective manager, you know, and they get promoted because of their sales talent, but they don't know how to duplicate themselves. And, and, you know, is that, is that one of the issues possibly here? Like you have a salesperson that does that and they pat them on the back. Hey, great job, you know, uh, keep it up, but they don't really sit down with them and go, Hey, look, this is what you need to establish in your career so that you can go from good to great. You can get to that next level. Is that, is that kind of what you're speaking of? Exactly. I mean, sales and management are two fundamentally different skills. And it is asinine to think that your best salesperson could be or should be a good manager. 
um, they require different personalities. Now, some people make the transition mm-hmm. with no problem, but other others don't make the transition at all. But what's worse is when companies don't train their managers on how to be a manager, right? It just drives me insane. So now you have a crappy manager and you've just lost your best salesperson. Anyway, you know, poor business. It's but, interesting. But you're right. If managers don't know how to get that information out of the salesperson, if they don't push and ask and get people to really make conscious what they did, then they're not leveraging on the successes of people. You know, it's interesting, Colleen, um, you know, because I've, I've I study people a lot and this is I, I find this conversation fascinating. This this is what I want this show to be. I mean, not an interview, but a conversation. And, you know, it, it, I'm thinking I'm thinking that the skill sets are different. You know, but here, here's it's interesting. I think a manager, I think a manager has to have an understanding of sales. Obviously, has to be able to sell. But maybe why they weren't the oh, number yeah. one salesperson is because they have a passion for do, leading people. In other words, I think it's where where a salesperson has a passion to to conquer and to sell and to to grow their own personal business and, and income. A manager has the I think something along the lines. Go, hey, you know what? I have a, more of a passion to to pour into people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, it's, there's leadership really so, there. You know, it, I don't think it's management as much so as think there's about leadership. It this way. Okay. Like, let's use a sports analogy. I don't know where the listeners are, are you know, based sports wise. I'm Canadian. So let's mm-hmm. use hockey for a second. Okay. Scotty Bowman and Don Cherry were never the best hockey players. They did not win trophies and win awards like Wayne Gretzky did, but they were amazing coaches. Wayne Gretzky. Well, arguably one of the poorest coaches. How long did he last behind the bench? He was a good general manager, a crappy coach. Right. And if you look at the NFL, I mean, who played yesterday? Green Bay and, and New York. Giant, yeah. Were their head coaches ever <laughs> superstars on the field? No. They, they know the game, and they probably can play the game, and many of them, I'm sure, held their own as players all the way through the college system, maybe even as professionals. But it's a different skill set. Yeah. They have, and it's the same in sales training. Managing, you have to know how to sell to be a sales manager, I believe. Absolutely. Right. But you also have to know how to manage people. And top-ranked salespeople are our sole survivors. We're lone wolves. We yeah. don't manage people. We manage ourselves. Yeah. And so moving from an individual contributor <clears throat> to now a team contributor. Imagine the mindset. Today... Yeah. I earn my income based on me being the best me that I can be. Tomorrow, I earn my most income by having everybody else around me actually perform better than me. That's yeah. what the sales manager's mindset has to be, and that is a 180-degree mindset from the top. Yeah, you sales know, it's person. funny because a sales, a sales manager almost has to go into this thing expecting that there will be people on their sales team making more money than them, at least at some point, because the truth is there's a a separate motivation there, you know, which I think there has to be something besides money that motivates. And that's for another discussion, uh, even great salespeople eventually, because, you know, what happens when you what happens when you're making enough money, you know, when you're making enough money, you know, um, there has to be a why, I believe there as well. But um, and Colleen, uh, we're, we're, we're out of time. I mean, I know I can I can have this conversation forever, but. Tell our listeners how they can get your books, how they can get a hold of you. Your Twitter handle is on our screen, uh, at Engage Colleen. Um, how else can they reach yeah. out to you and uh, get your material? Sure. They can always visit our website, which is EngageSelling.com. So they, have, they have access to all my videos, all my articles there. Uh, my book, Nonstop Sales Boom, is available on our website or at your favorite online bookstore, namely Amazon, I guess, for everybody <laughs> these days. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they can follow me on Twitter um, and LinkedIn as well. 
Awesome. Colleen Francis, thank you so much for taking time out of your extremely busy Monday to spend a few minutes with us here. And uh, we'd love to have you back sometime in uh, awesome dialogue. I appreciate your insight. Um, and uh, thank you so much. Hey. Thanks so much for having me. It was a great conversation. All right. Happy Monday. Thanks. That was Colleen Francis, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. And so what do you think? Weigh in on our Facebook page if you're watching. Um, Matt Payne, um, thank you for sharing um, Colleen's Monday morning tip. Uh, Matt Payne, and also uh, thank you guys for listening. We love to... um, get you booked. We're booked out through May, but we are doing some pre-recorded shows so that we can get uh, not have to have people wait until May. <laughs> but uh, we've got live shows booked all the way through May every Monday. We've got uh, Garrett Luttrell coming up. We have Eddie Martin. We have Grant Cardone. January 30th, we're going to be live with Grant Cardone. We have Becky uh, Farias, which she's the number, which she's in the top 1% in the nation in timeshare sales. Uh, of course, the Godfather of Sales himself, Grant Cardone, Eddie Martin, Garrett Luttrell. We've got um, we've got Chelsea Cross coming on in the next couple of months. Uh, we have um, just to name a few. Let's see here. Let me kind of go through. Um, I'm trying to see how I share this or how I, we've got. Uh, uh, Sh- I'm a Shinjini Das, which is she's amazing brander. We've got Shep Hiken coming on. Phil Keen. Kim Orleski, you need to check her podcast out too. I was just on there. We got Laura Bernard, uh, Gretchen Gordon, uh, Ian Swanson from UK, Frank Lopes, Garrett Luttrell, Eddie Martin, Becky Farias, Chelsea Cross. We just had Colleen Francis. The, the list goes on and on. You get the picture. Those are our upcoming shows on Game Changer. So if you're in sales, tell your friends about this, man. If you know anybody, because I'm going to tell you something, they're going to learn right here because we have the best of the best on. Hey, thank you very much for hanging out with me for this 30-minute time slot. Hopefully, we did something to help your Monday get better. Also, SerialSalesPro.com. It's not up here. SerialSalesPro.com. Go there and check out our training. Um, I'm going to teach you how to own the phone, and uh, I believe that uh, you'll get better. And uh, we've got something for the company as well as the individual on there. Um, And uh, you want to check that out at SerialSalesPro.com. Thank you guys very much. Have a great Monday.